When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You're listening to a Score North podcast right now, and if you're a business owner, so are your customers. In fact, I could be talking about your business right now, telling the tens of thousands of loyal fans about you and sending them to your business. Find out how you can partner with your favorite Score North podcast. Visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. Fill out the form, and we'll get in touch with you quickly. Once Phil, Judd, Declan, or others start talking about your company, you'll be amazed at how many fans start showing up. So visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. Get in the know, non-stop Vikings talk. It's Purple Daily on Score North and scorenorth.com. Purple Daily, presented by Surly Brewing Company. And actually, it's uh, Wednesday, so it's time for Purple Access. Judd and Chip with you, of course, uh, brought to you by our friends at Surly Brewing and also TCL Television. Uh, there's no better way to watch a movie, a game, or whatever you're watching than on a TCL television. All right, Chip Scoggins, let's just start with this one. I believe we've had the better part of four days to digest what we saw on Saturday, or at least what I saw for a half before I decided to leave and watch the rest on TV to do Ventline. You stayed for the entire thing. Have you begun to wrap your mind around a 33-point comeback? No, that was the damnedest thing I think I've ever covered. Um Obviously, no one's ever covered a game like that because it's never happened. Well, you covered the uh, Gophers' meltdown in the bowl game, yeah, right? I, I I covered the largest comeback in bowl game history, uh, the Insight Bowl of 2006. Mike Leach is the late Mike Leach. Yeah, Mace's um, last stand. Met Mace's last game. It was they were we looked it up um, after uh, Leach died a couple weeks ago, and it was 38 to seven in the third quarter. Yep. That game, so pretty, pretty similar. Uh, yeah, Judd, I, I thought, you know, at halftime, I thought, okay, this is you know a lost cause because of how bad they had played. And then when they went three and out to start the second half, I just didn't think they'd get enough possessions to get back in it. As as bad as Indy's offense is, yep. I figured, I figured, you know, a bad offense would take the air out of it and play real conservative, which they did. Um, I just didn't know they'd get enough possessions because he basically had a square every time he touched the ball. Mm-hmm. But they did. Yeah, and it's it's funny. I, I got home that night, and, you know, my, my brain was just spinning trying to think of all the things that happened there in that second half. And it was, I mean, as I tweeted out, that's why you go to ball games, you know, because you might stumble into a stadium or a, a ballpark and see something you never thought you would possibly dream up seeing, you know, whether it's dramatic or goofy or historic or whatever. Um, right. but talk about a tale of two halves. I mean, it was, it was unbelievable. I mean, that first half, Judd, it was like Murphy's law. Like mm-hmm. it's like a bingo card, name something outrageous and put it on there. And it was, you know, Block <laughs> punt for a touchdown, the uh, pick punt, six attempted pass, a pick six. Yeah, it was, the, I, it was awful. Well, and I thought, I thought early when, when O'Connell was going for those four downs, he it, that reeked of desperation, like, all right, this is not going well, and I'm just going to try anything at this point because nothing else is working. So, um, but you know what? To me, the 
two takeaways from that or three takeaways is one, this team continues to show that it's resilient to the defense made adjustments and played pretty darn well. And three, the quarterback is playing at a really, really, really high level. Yes. Yeah. I, and it was so interesting in watching Kirk because the first half he sort of went back to, you know, Kirk and, and look, the two picks are not on, on him. Ray Rager yeah. quit on one route and ran a wrong route. So, but yeah. I mean, he also was not playing well. And then for him to bounce back and, and, you know, have a second half, which was absolutely stupid statistically. Yeah. Um, but I think the one thing chipper that stood out to me is this, and I was trying to think of this and I don't think I can come up with one. That is such a weird game because of this. Ordinarily, when you're as bad as the Vikings were in the first half, you're not playing for your coach. Like, you've just sort of quit. I never felt like the Vikings had quit. They were just that damn bad and consequently came back and played that well. No, it was – it was, um, and I don't even know if it was an effort thing. It was just literally Murphy's Law. Like, think of everything that could go wrong and did. You know, the block punt clearly was a missed assignment. Somebody did something wrong there to let the guy, you know, a foddy uh, come up the middle. Um, you know, the pick six guy runs the wrong route. Um, they had some bust on the when they're a long kickoff return that set up another score. Yeah. Um, so it was just like literally, you know, the I didn't understand a fourth and one having your punter throw the throw a pass. You know, that would make no sense, but. Um, no, it was just like, uh, it just felt like, you know, one of those days where you wake up on the wrong side of the bed and everything goes wrong for you, whatever walk of life you have, that's what they were having. So to their credit, you know, they got to halftime and, and steadied themselves. And it sounds like the veterans took control of the locker room and, um, (laughs) all we need is five touchdowns. We can do that. No, you can't. Well, actually, I loved, loved, uh, cousins, uh, answer that he's like, I wasn't sure if he's being sarcastic or what. <laughs> yes, because O'Connell's like, I'll never forget it. He said this, and I was like, and and Kirk's like, yeah, I had no clue what he's talking about. I thought he was being sarcastic. Um, but it's funny. Um, it was their second possession, and remember, I couldn't remember if it was Dalvin or, or Madison got thrown for a five-yard loss on like a pitch or whatever, and number 54, I can't pronounce his name, stood over him and got the taunting penalty. And yeah. so instead of second 15 from like their 20, I think it was, uh, they had it first and 10 from the 35 or whatever. And I was sitting next to Mark Craig, my colleague, and I was like, I like that play because if they come back and listen, that's going to be the thing that opened the door. And because odds are they're probably, if it's second 15 or they just had a three and out, they're probably going to punt two, two possessions into the second half. You haven't done anything. I feel like you, you, you're probably going to run that. But they came down and scored a touchdown on that drive with that second life, and then it just started, you know, the avalanche just started coming down the hill. And that was the damnedest thing because, like, it started to roll, and at first I thought, I thought, well, here come the Kirk stats. You know, it's going to be typical old school yeah. cousins, fourth quarter, all, all these stats, and they're going to fall short. And, you know, statistically, his box score is going to look damn good. But – very much in 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 step with how the 2022 season has gone, Chip. What was interesting is he brought them back, and they came back, yeah. and, and and like that highlights the difference to me between previous Kirk and this Kirk, which is the stats actually paid off. Yeah, it's funny. 
I thought that was going to be the game that we've covered a million times. Play terrible first half. Your furious wild rally. Yep. You want to you want to pat on the back for making it close. Yep. And it is really meaningless at nothing. But no, they they came back and and um, you know, Kirk was he, just the throws that he made and with moving parts and Jefferson in and out and you know having to rely on different receiver and KJ Osborne. That felt like a. I mean, he's had moments where you, you felt like okay, his is his coming out party, but. Every time you listen to Cousins talk about him, there's something about KJ that he he has a special connection with. Um, yep. He he personally, professionally, all that he you could tell he just really really likes KJ Osborne, and so uh, um, I think that was big for KJ. And because we've kind of been waiting right for him to be, I don't know if surpass Thielen as the number two, but have kind of a bigger role. Yeah, yeah exactly. Um, now. They had to basically throw it every down to get in it, so that helped. So you, you know, um, but the Dalvin screen was a great, you know, a great screen play. worked. A screen, hallelujah. Worked. And uh, my colleague Mark Craig had a great uh, piece today about Ezra Cleveland, Cleveland running down <laughs> the field right next to him. But uh, yeah, so it's, I mean, I gotta imagine just the confidence that Cousins has right now, Judd, in any situation like that one. You could tell the Frank Reich. Text message to him meant a lot. Um, the way he, the plays he made at Buffalo, the plays he made there, um, really all these fourth quarter comebacks. I mean, he's just reinvented his his image or his reputation in terms of the narrative, right? I yep. mean, we, we the oh, oh, he's not clutch. I think you can put that to bed. <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. now he now he needs to have the success in the playoffs, and that's kind of the next step. But in terms of um, being clutch in the fourth quarter, we can, you know, people have the, uh, the people that don't believe that are just not seeing it. So the, the division is clinched now. They've got three mm-hmm. games left before the playoffs. They just came off an absolutely wacky, crazy game. What is your feeling and confidence in this team now? Like, like, cause you know, I mean, the coaching staff had to go back and watch that first half and it was brutal. yeah the second half is this inspirational i mean there is no question this team is resilient as hell like that's not going to be questioned but as the playoffs approach what is your confidence that they can get on a run there yeah it's i don't know Judd, because there's part of me it says they fell behind 33 nothing to a terrible team yeah that's so fair. that that's part of the equation too um i do think they need to keep their foot on the gas to try to get that number two seed. Cause I think as many games as they can play at home is imperative. Yeah. Um, Hey, all my dogs are upset. It's mine. It's Stella's <laughs> upset and, and her friends here, writers oh, upset <laughs> mailman or something. I don't know. Keep it down. I'll get your neutral sauce after you two. Okay. I'm talking to my friendship here. <laughs> that's not going to help my, one bit but my has been going crazy today too um snow they love snow yeah i know yeah so i think um playing at home uh obviously is a huge being in that environment and how loud that was you know and the that's as loud as i've heard it you know that second at the end of that game the other day um i'm curious to see did what we see defensively 
with the extra with the more blitzes, the more press coverage, the more man coverage. Was that situational uh just because of the opponent they're playing, that that terrible offense, or is that something that's going to carry forward? Was that Donatel getting the message from his boss saying, and the players saying, let's be more aggressive, be more aggressive, be more aggressive, so he had a more aggressive game plan. Is that something he's going to carry forward and it's going to be help them be better? I want to see that. And and also, Judd, it feels like Jefferson and Cousins can pull some, a rabbit out of a hat. You know, I mean – the way he, the way that Jefferson is playing right now, if he's not in the MVP discussion, the NFL's missing the boat on this. Then just change the name. Yeah, the, MVP QB. Yeah, yeah let's exactly. just change the damn name. Yeah, because his his uh, what he's doing is MVP esque, and so you feel like okay, could he win a playoff game by just getting hot and you know going for two hundred yards receiving and a couple times? Yeah, and so. With all the, you know, issues they've had and putting teams away in the defensively, you feel like one, you have just you're going to have the best player on the field most likely. Um, and then I'm curious to see this defense. I I want to see what the game plan looks like this week. You think it carries forward? I think it does, but I don't don't know. And and here's where I, here's where I'm concerned too. So I feel like the Dolphins game they they came back and were a bit more aggressive and played well defensively yeah. but i think ed often goes back to his own like this system works thing um yeah. now now my guess is o'connell told him last week get your act together you're gonna have to blitz more and so i i hope that that is now the the um template the mandate for the rest of the season uh but i'm a little bit concerned and i don't look that last play so i i went back and watched i think it's the I think it's the last play that, that the Colts ran offensively where the Vikings brought the house and kid uh, him. and, and they didn't sack him, but they hit him. They did hit popped, yeah. Ryan and the ball popped up. Bynum o- almost picked it. That put a lot of guys in man. And, yeah. and like, it was a dangerous play, but for this defense, it's the only play I think. So yeah. like, I really like that. And, and I believe against Detroit, so I want to say, Chipper, their average of blitzing, I think, was like uh, going into Detroit game, like 16%, 16 16%, yeah. In Detroit, I think it went up. I think they blitzed 30%, and against the Colts, it was 40-plus percent. That's what yeah. you're going to need to do. And if you get burned, you get burned. But like this passive sitting back in zones and, and yeah. allowing yourself to be picked apart is just, I think, intolerable. Well, that's the thing is like the other way was not working. And you have a better chance of this getting to the quarterback and affecting it um, by doing this. Now, are you going to give it up an occasional big play? You might, but guess what? You're doing it already. <laughs> you know that was already a problem. So you might as well try this. Um, and so that's why I'm curious to see. You know, was the you know forty percent because it's Matt Ryan and they didn't have Taylor after that first carry or first catch he had, and the Colts are just a terrible offense or was this going to reinforce what, what O'Connell was saying in that, Hey, see, if you, if you blitz more, we're going to be more effective. I want to see if it carries forward. I think they were going to do it regardless. Don't you? Like, I, I think the opponent helped probably to get yeah. more confidence. Uh, but I think that they were, I, Ed was, I think Ed last week was very, no pun intended here, defensive of his scheme. But yeah. I also think that he had been told privately, 
we're we're going to adjust. And so I got to think that he's been told you will keep you will continue to do this because um, there's no way that after that Detroit game, KOC just said, yeah, make some changes, Ed. I think he had to say, look, I know exactly what what offenses don't like to see. We're going to have yeah. to do more of that. Yeah, and and I, the blitzing and the, and the bringing the pressures, uh, I, I think, necessary. Uh, he Donatel did mention last week that Zadarius is healthy for the first time in a while too, so that helps. And I thought I thought Daniel looked like he had more. Uh, I think Daniel was used right. I thought I he had think juice. Yeah, I, I think he was used right. I I think that this is going to come down to largely. And, and look, I thought Daniel would thrive. Okay, so like yeah. I am surprised. But I think that the system Ed swears by has not been the best use of of uh, Hunter. And I think what we saw on Saturday was a nod to, and this is, you know, this is where O'Connell, how he coaches. I'm going to get the most from my players within the scheme. Not yeah. my scheme works. Fit yeah. in. Yeah. And I don't know what adjustments they made with Hunter. Um, it'd be interesting to, like, be in the film room with him to see that. But, um he just looked like he had a little more juice to him, I thought. You know, and he got – did he have a sack on the first series, I thought? I think it might have been the first series. And he, yeah. I think he shared one after that, right? Yeah, and just had more pressures. Yeah. Um, and if, if Zedarius is, you know, whatever leg issue he was dealing with, if he's mostly back from that, I mean, you know, through what? Was it 10 games, 11 games? People were talking about, yeah, he should be in the MV, defensive MVP yep. discussion. Um so that'll help if if he is back to kind of how he was before that injury, and then and then if you add more blitzing into that too, I think you know that defense is going to be better. And um, but they had you know again, it's it's that game was so weird that uh, the defense probably didn't get as much attention as it would otherwise. Now I thought they played well. Um, with the caveat of the Colts are terrible offensively. And when they lost Taylor after one yeah. play, yeah. there's not, there's not a whole lot. I mean, Matt Ryan, God bless him. <laughs> but Got benched. Yeah. Nick, so, uh, Nick Foles Nick, will be starting I know. the Colts. And I don't know if it was Matt Ryan. Saturday fault. can't coach. I no. mean, he's yes. no idea what he's doing. No. I mean, that, that second half was an abomination, you know, on their part. Um, and they, and they had some, really dumb penalties that gave the Vikings some free yards that they needed. Um, it, it, I found it interesting that Kevin O'Connell took his shot during his uh, Monday press conference to put out there that he's clearly not happy with the personal foul penalties on Justin Jefferson. So Jeez. it's been like five of them, I think, in the last uh, – or maybe Jets, five all year. Jets game, Colts game, and he is taking shots. Did, did the Lions have one? I can't remember. I don't remember um, like. But they're taking, I mean, the one, um, the one where he, you know, didn't want to come out to have the concussion. I mean, uh, Gilmore launched. He left his feet on that one. I mean, that I got to imagine that's going to be a pretty hefty fine for him. Do you remember? So I'm torn on this because one, I think O'Connell's 100% right. Teams are taking shots. There's no question about it. So yeah. I agree with him. Um, how many, how many star flat out superstar receivers have you covered who run those routes though? 
The dude, I mean, he puts himself and one, he hangs on to the football, which is incredible. Yeah, well, but, yeah. but I mean, think about the routes he runs. Like he is being put in a position to get clobbered and he does yeah. and he catches the ball. But how many superstar, just really elite receivers have you covered who run those routes? I thought Larry Fitz did a lot. Um, he, you know, he was a, he took a lot of big hits because he would, yep. he, he would go make those tough catches. Um, and I'm sure on the spot, I, I'm sure there are others, but Larry I mean, Fitz. Moss, Moss really didn't, right? Like Moss ran the no. deep route. The deep route to go out. Uh, but I mean, yeah. he wasn't, I mean, Justin's, Justin's really r- running consistently those like 15 yard routes across the middle where you're just going to get blasted. And he does. Yeah. Well, and and the impressive thing is that he hangs on to the ball. I mean, he's taking some just brutal shots, and he's he's you know he comes up with the ball and does his point to the first down thing that he does, and um, he'll he's drop. Tough. I mean, he'll drop ones he shouldn't drop occasionally. Yeah, but then he'll hang on to the damnedest ones. And you're like, dude, how are you not knocked out? Yeah, he's good. He he has to be in this MVP conversation, right? And and I mean, I know Mahomes. Uh, I guess Jalen Hurts probably. Who else Hurts is going to be leader right now? Hurts, Mahomes, and has to he has to be in there when you he when should. you talk about take him off this team. I know, <laughs> I, dude, you're preaching the choir. You're preaching to yeah. the choir. And if he's not, then just change the name of the of the award to AP NFL MVP QB because it's not. No position player outside of quarterback has has won it since 2012 when Peterson. Since Adrian, yeah, uh, but yeah, I. In my opinion, if we're going to talk about like three to five names, Justin Jefferson has to be there. Yes. Kirk's yes. been fantastic, and I give Kirk credit. But my God, Justin Jefferson, uh, in every way, shape, or form, in my opinion, qualifies as, as the definition of what an yes. MVP is. Yeah, I, I agree, too, because, I mean, he's just um, – the things that he is doing, um, well, they're historic. And the manner in which he's doing them, the situations, the circumstances, the degree of difficulty, um, I mean, they're just off the charts. And so, I mean, you just feel like when he's on the field, you have, they have the best player. And that, I mean, teams are doubling him, you know? I mean, pretty much all the time. It's what we said last year, which is go yeah. ahead, take your shot. I, I asked Wes Phillips this uh, last week at his at his presser, like, because he, he's saying that um, Detroit showed him some coverages that they haven't seen in the way that they doubled him. And I, you know, I asked him, I was like, how often? I mean, how much time each week do you spend trying to anticipate? Okay, you know he's going to get doubled. Like, how is he going to get doubled? And what's going to be your you know, response to that? And he said, Yeah. He's like, That's you start there every week. <laughs> like, that's what you. You know he's getting doubled, and then he had mentioned that um, the catch that T.J. Hawkinson had caught was because uh, Jefferson took the double team a, a different way, and it left him, you know, across the middle. And um, so it's it's like kind of a cat and mouse. Like they know this guy is not going to get single covered very often. Very you know, very rarely is that going to happen. And it's up to them to still find ways to. And it's up to the quarterback to still throw in there when you're getting doubled. And Kurt, and that's the other thing, Judd, like, remember last year he'd say, you know, there's a fine line between aggressive and, and you know, 
if he's being that way, we'll go. We'll go where the where the read takes us. No, yes, <laughs> it takes you to eighteen. <laughs> That's right. Every time, exactly. So he hasn't been afraid that even when, uh, when he's getting doubled. So what? He still finds a way to give him the ball. Yes. Yeah, exactly. And that, and that's what we discussed extensively, which is one of the things that Kirk can do is he can make those throws, and okay. Justin's going to catch it. And, yes, occasionally they're going to get picked off. Um, but that being said, the most ridiculous thing was this. Well, if they take Jefferson out of the game, he's out of the game. No, he's not. He's, yeah. he's, 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 he's not good. He's not great. He exceeds those to a special superstar very yeah. few people have what he has, and um, and I think O'Connell has done a very good job and of of basically saying we're going to find ways here. And my overthinking is too is like, are we seeing Cousins' arm talent in a way that we haven't seen it before? Yes, because he believes that he he's being told to make the throws, and he believes that he can. But we yeah. all, but but the maddening thing was of all Kirk's faults, we always talked about his arm talent. Yeah, like we would see occasional yeah. throws. The Philadelphia yeah. throw, I think it was to Thielen back in 2018. Uh, <laughs> there were throws, and you were like, the one thing this guy has is a God-given ability to make throws that quarterbacks, a lot of them can't make. And so, no, I think we are. But I mean, this is the very interesting discussion of what O'Connell has meant to Kirk. Yeah, um, and it's not just empowering him and saying, you know. Everyone likes you, Kirk. We all like you. <laughs> You're good enough. You're smart enough. And gosh darn it, it goes beyond that to me. It goes. Yeah. It goes into this whole world of, uh, of basically. I I real I said this from day one. It sounded condescending, Chip, and I didn't mean it that that way. I think O'Connell said, "I have the ability, both mentally and and as far as a dynamic personality, that I would have been a great quarterback. I was missing one thing: the physical talent." Yeah, it's yeah. sometimes I feel like Kevin has put his brain in Kirk's head, <laughs> and and is orchestrating because Kirk's got ability. Yeah, or well, he has the yeah the 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 physical tools that O'Connell didn't have, and yep. and it is. I mean, it is. Uh, you know, not just his personality we're seeing uh, come out, but just the willingness to um take chances and and trust. Jefferson and put passes in there that you know that we haven't just seen um, him make it, and you know he. Uh, it's like you expect him to come through in these situations now, whereas like before you're like I don't know how this is going to go. Now it's like you, yes. you totally expect him. He's done it so repeatedly now yes. um, that you just expect that he and Jefferson are going to make a play um, at some point and. It's, it's been fun to watch. I mean, I haven't looked at, at the, the stats to see where they are in scoring now, but. Um, Eighth in scoring offense now. Yeah, so they've, they've gone from, what were they, like 14? They, they fell to 11th in the league before the Colts game, if I'm not mistaken. And this is where they should be. They should be a top 10 scoring offense with this talent. Um, Correct. And so I, I just think they're, um, you know, I, I have to think all these games are going to help them in the playoffs at some point. It's going to pay dividends. Now, you know, playoffs are about matchups and you're going to be facing good teams. And so you can't spot, you know, a playoff team, 33 points, <laughs> you know, you might be able to, um, so we can't lose sight of that. But um, I think offensively, you know, they're playing at a high level. And, and again, I, I sound like a broken record. I want to see what this defense does this week. 
against Dow or uh, Giants, That's and if they continue to show more aggressiveness than what, like what we saw Sunday or Saturday, yeah. And if they don't, it's a problem because they're, yeah, if they go back they to the that's the thing. If they go back to, you know, soft covered zone, you know, not getting pass rush, then it's just like, ugh, that's not going to, that's not going to work. You know, we, we've seen it just not going to work. And, and Judd, the other thing is too, mm-hmm. special teams need to clean up. This is a couple yeah, weeks in a row now that they, that they, uh, they've been on the, they've been a deficit. They've been a strength throughout the season, but they've really hit a, a tough stretch here. And so that's another thing they're going to need to clean up. Yeah, it doesn't help when you elect or when when you win the toss, defer, and then immediately give up a 49-yard kick return Mm -hmm. with that defense. That doesn't look very smart at that point. Yeah, and, you know, block punt for a touchdown. I mean, those are things that, I mean, you're not going to be able to overcome them, I don't think, in the playoffs against better teams. So Yeah, Uh, and to your point, too, fourth and one, maybe don't have the punter throw a pass. Or the jet sweep to CJ Ham, or and then then that was third down. The fourth down, they ran it up behind the backup yep. center. It's, it's just like well, and and I told you in the press box, I told you that was Fleckonian. Yeah, and Fleck would have gotten crap. O- O'Connell d- dodged it because it was just a crazy game, and that was forgotten. Yeah, but that was a bad play call. Yeah, I mean, like you're in right that in that instance, backup center. Yeah, I'm yeah. all for fourth down going for it, but you're in your own territory. You just say to you know, and and I don't understand play calling wise. Can you explain to me why Schlotman has received such a vote of confidence? Because they also ran that Dalvin yeah. attempted pass behind him and Ingram. It's I like know. you're asking for trouble, Kevin. Well, I saw the transcript today that they uh Wes Phillips said he feels like he's the starting caliber center. Okay. But he's a backup for a reason. I mean, he, you know, he's a backup here, and so yeah, the the you know, both him and Ingram got just wiped out of the play on that on the Dalvin pass attempt on the goal line down there, and and then you're running fourth and one on negative, you know, on your side of the field up the gut. It's just like, yeah, I wasn't crazy about that one, but uh, you're right. In the grand scheme with everything that happened afterwards, it, it kind of that kind of got you know lost in the wash. Last thing, what's your prediction Saturday? You know, this is the other thing I'm curious about. We saw when they had one of these games that were just, you know, that we talked about all week in, in this yeah, you're right. euphoria, what happened the weekend. Yeah, what, it was a no-show against Dallas, and it was just bad. So I wonder if O'Connell tries something different. Does he address that? Hey, fellas, last time we had a game like this that was memorable and historic and everybody nationally talked about it, um, we didn't, you know, we didn't compete at all against Dallas. Um, so I, I think they'll I think having gone through that, they'll avoid the the hangover, letdown, whatever you want to call it. Yeah. Um so I think it's another close game though. I mean, it's you know, you're play, facing a playoff team right now. Um I'd I'd probably call a close win. I mean, they're all close, right? Like it's yeah, there, there hasn't been I'm done some, with blowouts. Yeah, I'm, I'm not done predicting blow. They, no, it's not, not going to happen. We're going out, but I think they'll. I think they'll regroup. I think they'll avoid the what they happened to them against the Dallas after the Buffalo game and and have the right kind of approach to this. Being a fly on the wall this week at that facility would have been really intriguing too, because yeah. I would guess that the public face that was put on this game 
uh, would not be the private face. And <laughs> to your point, you know, you're not, this team isn't good enough. There, there have been a few games where I think that there were very teachable moments and or halves, right? Like the Detroit yeah. loss, very teachable. The Dallas loss, a debacle. You're down 33 points. So I would be curious how the players were treated because my guess is, my guess is fairly, but there was probably a pretty stern, that BS has to stop. Well, and O'Connell said that he spent more time focusing on what they did to put him in that hole versus what they did to get themselves out, which is, I think every coach would probably do that because that's not sustainable. Obviously, it's never happened. So you're not, that's not something you want to repeat, you know. Um, as great as that, they probably felt about that. And, and yes, they deserve a lot of credit for not just packing it in. Most teams would be like, you know what, just bad day. Let's just run the ball and get on out of here and go home yes. uh, that they kept fighting for. But um, there's a lot they have to clean up from that first half, uh, whether it's play call, whether it's this special teams breakdown, whether it's receivers running the wrong routes that led to a pick six. Um I, I, I think they're going to focus more on that, and, and that will probably get their attention and get them back squared. Great stuff, Chipper. We will talk to you next week, man. Take care. All right, brother. Merry Christmas. 95% of Uber Eats orders are on time, which is great, because when I want my spicy shrimp pad thai, I want it on time, because, baby, there's no time like the present, especially when it's pad thai related. But on the off chance your order is late, Uber Eats will give you three months, $0 delivery fee with a free Uber One membership. On time, pad tie, baby. On time claim based on latest arrival time shown after order is placed. Offer ends to 19-2023. Current Uber One members not eligible. Subscription will auto-renew at nine ninety nine each month, starting three months from initial enrollment. See Uber.com slash Uber One for terms. Benefits available only for eligible stores. Order minimums apply.